Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by myself, Danuta and Jaden. Jaden, welcome back to you today. We had you on yesterday. Thank you so much, Danuta. It's awesome to be back again. Yeah, we're excited you're back here again with us. You did such a great job yesterday. I'm sure our listeners enjoyed it as much as we did here in the studio. Of course, unfortunately, Lawson still isn't well, so keep him in your prayers. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. tomorrow. Monday. Boy, it's the weekend coming up. There we go. The week has gone so fast because it's a short week this week, hasn't it? Hey, what are you grateful for, Jaden? I was actually thinking about this, dude. I actually went camping not long ago and I really realised how much I miss my comfortable bed and all the luxuries. Oh, yes. uh, Electric blanket and just all the luxuries. It's like, wow, I really... I really need to be more grateful for, for the things that we don't remember every day but when we don't have them. Wow, we miss them. Yes, no, that's true. I agree. I agree with you. My husband and I went camping on the long weekend. We've actually recently bought a rooftop tent, and so it's on top of our four-wheel drive. Um, but luck, we tried to make it pretty comfortable. We bought an extra little mattress that makes it that bit softer, mm. and we it felt like a five-star out camping, you know, five-star motel out camping a little bit, but... There's still nothing ever like your own bed. So no, we're very blessed, aren't absolutely. we? Absolutely. You know what I'm grateful for? I'm grateful for the weekend coming mm. up. Um, it's a time of recharging. I really love the Sabbath, of course. You know, Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown is, according to the Bible, according to Genesis one, the evening and the morning were the first day. That's where we where we take that from. And of course, um, so it's a time of resting, fellowshipping, really worshiping God together as a family. And I just love Sabbath, mm. but also the weekend is a time of recharge. It's been a chaotic week even though it's been a short week for me, Um, but just really chaotic with some long hours each day. And coming up on our show today, we're excited that later in the show we have our interview with Tony Benjamin from Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, We love hearing his stories. In our new segment, we're looking at a graduation in prison, which will be really fascinating to cover. We're looking at rent rates and also in our Bible study time, the God who comes back to us. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, Jaden, it's come time for our first quiz question for today. Of course, there's five quiz questions each day. Today, there's five, and at quarter to nine today, we are doing the draw. So here are your last five chances to get in. Take it away, please, Jaden. All right, question number one is a fill-in-the-blank question. Uh, The first uh, fill-in-the-blank is this quote. You adulterous people, don't you know that blank with the world means blank against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Mm, Okay, and the choices are? Uh, A, love and abomination. B, ways, contrary. C, friendship and enmity. Or D, Wisdom and foolishness. That's right. So text us in your answers on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That question again is fill in the blank. You adulterous people, don't you know that blank with the world means blank against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. We're going to give you a little clue. It comes from James chapter 4, and here are the choices. Is it A, love and abomination, B, ways or con- and contrary, C, friendship and enmity, 
equanimity or is it D, wisdom mm. and foolishness? 25% chance of getting it right. So text us in your answers, 0491-064-669. Of course, state it or star it if you want to play but don't actually want to go in the draw. But I think everyone this week, mm. I don't, we haven't had anyone star it this week, have we? One star, one star, but virtually everyone is hot on the line wanting to get the prize, which is the Revive Cookbook number six. I don't blame them, Denuda. It looks pretty good. <laughs> it's an amazing book, yeah, an amazing book. Hey, here, I'm going to open a recipe, fig and quinoa salad with orange ginger dressing. Doesn't that sound mm. yum? Do you like fig? I think I'm still going to learn to like them. Oh, okay. I guess in, in a book like that, though, they make everything taste so good. They so. make everything taste so good. <laughs> okay, so go in the drawer. 0491 is the number. And where are we going? We are going to the place called Narracourt in South Australia today. Ah, Narracourt, South Australia. That is near Mount Gambia. I'm a South Australian. Oh, there you go. Yes. Wow. What what what's what's known there for in Narracourt? Uh, Narracourt's famous for uh, these really really impressive caves, the Narracourt Caves. I just had a quick Google search, and it looks absolutely fantastic. Wow. Okay. So, hello to our people in Narracourt. If you are listening from Narracourt, text us in how long you've been living there, what you love about Narracourt, what the people are like there. The small towns, of course, are often really friendly. So, Mm. just text us in and let us know from Narracourt. Hey, a bit of good news, Jaden. We like good news here, don't we? We always keep saying positively different different news, not the negative stuff. We like to stay positive here. So I don't think I've ever heard of a graduation ceremony in a prison, have you? No. No. Doesn't sound, yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. So earlier this week I actually covered a story on three, and there's probably more that are out there, but three, two men and a lady that were actually in prison in the US, you know, years ago, but are actually now have actually come out and have changed their lives mm. and they're actually, all three of them are chefs and doing really well. One of them is on the top list on the New York, in, in New York. Wow. He runs a pizza place and I'm thinking, wow, what a nice um, story yeah. of a change of life there. So here we're also talking about change of lives of people in prison. And yesterday, yesterday was a special day at the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Centre in San Diego. And here's the reason why. Basically, 24 inmates were actually in caps and gowns. Now, you're going to be graduating, I think, soon as well, aren't you? Maybe two months away. Yes. So you're going to have the cap and the gown as well. And so, yeah, they had the caps and the gowns and they was a, there was the graduation ceremony in the prison. Now, what did they actually graduate from? Here's the thing. They graduated in degrees in sociology and liberal arts. Mm. Now, I don't know how many folk know much about sociology, but sociology is the study of social life, social change and um, social causes, those kind of things, and the consequences on human behaviour, which I think is really interesting that that's the kind of studies that they are actually offering mm. in the prison because, of course, you know, it is to do with human behaviour as to why people are actually in prison. That's it. 
And so here it's actually looking at the, you know, sociology looks at the causes and the consequences of human behaviour. So I'm sure they've learnt loads from that and then looked at their own lives and applying that and going like, hey, I actually want to have change in my life too. And the, the one, of course, and, and it's also the study of how people interact in different contexts. Mm. So hopefully as they come out of prison, you know, those that will be coming out of prison will actually go into their different contexts and actually look at uh, implementing change within sure. their lives. As for liberal arts, it actually explores the issues and ideas across the arts subjects and it gives general knowledge and skills to prepare for the range of different professions mm. and skills that people may want to have. So here's the exciting thing, you know, that the degrees were provided by the Southwestern College uh, via the, let me just find this, via the restorative justice program of the state of California. So the prisoners are actually able to study in the prisons with teachers mm. and face to face. That's so good. How good is that? Yeah. That's good. Isn't it? Yeah. I, I think it's just really impressive. And I wonder how many other prisons across the US have done that. And I wonder how many here in Australia are even doing that it's again something as to look well. into, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And so far, about 1,500 people who have gone through the program have actually had a successful re-entry into the workforce once they've come out of prison. So obviously I'm getting the impression that this program has not been going for a long, long time. They sure. didn't you know, indicate quite how long it's been going. But certainly if 1,500 have already gone through, I think that's really absolutely fantastic. So almost all 24 graduates have actually transferred now even to the four-year degree programs in the University of California. Mm. So they're going on further. So they've got this basis now. Um, you know, of, you know, things for the workforce and for professional upskilling and things like that. But they're also now going on to having a degree yeah, and good. studying that. So I love the fact that it's giving them a strong direction. Mm. Um, and a strong focus in every way. Um, and those who, uh, here's the thing, the, the stats, statistics also show that, that those who are educated and are re-entering society are actually 48% less likely to return to prison, wow. especially in the first three years that they're out. Yep. Now, that's a really high percentage when you think about it. Like virtually almost half of them are not likely to go back in. That's, Isn't that's that good news? That is good news. And I just think of some verses even in the Bible that says here, you know, that, you know, again, like, you know, we often say here on Faith FM that we are slaves to sin. We are mm. prisoners in this world. Yep. But because of Jesus, we have freedom. And I love these verses here. In James James one twelve says, Those who stand firm during testing are blessed. They are tried and true. And I think when people even go to prison, you know, they're in there, but they are tried and tested mm. because, you know, they're in a different place and because of what they've done and the consequences of what they've done. But he says here in James, they are tried and true. They will receive the life God has promised to those who love him as their reward. And that's the good news, that life is not without its hardships, but the person who perseveres through both the good and the bad will actually lead a more fulfilling sure. life. And that is what's showing here with with these folk, that they'll leave a, lead a far more fulfilling life. The other one here, I think of Proverbs as well, commit your work to the Lord and your plans mm. will succeed. But not only that, Danuta, like, there's always hope for people. Always it? hope for people. While ever someone's the alive. Bible, there's always hope for people that... Love it. We all make mistakes, but there's hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. We, we all make mistakes, 
but they're not mistakes, I say, if we actually mm. learn from them. Hey, Just so errors. yeah, there's hope. There's hope because of Jesus Christ. And so continue on your path. Keep on um, looking for goals. Um, keep on walking the walk towards um, um, with with hope and goodness in every way. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Unfortunately, Lawson is away today, still not well, but we are so happy that Jaden is here. Jaden, take it away with our next quiz question, please. Our next quiz question, who is the stone the builders rejected? Mm, good question. Can oh, we have that, that again. one again? Who is the stone the builders rejected? Mm. Mm. Okay, text us in your answer on 0491 Six six nine. That was a short question compared to the first one. We've already got answers coming in in every way, which is really exciting because people are really keen mm. for today's oh, prize. Look at the prize that is happening. Look I know. At the prize. Excuse me, I've got a bit of a frog in my throat. Hey, okay, it is the revived cookbook number six. The colours and the pictures are totally. Totally amazing. Another one that we have here, black rice salad with turmeric tahini drizzle. Mm. And the dressing, the tahini drizzle is actually made up of olive oil, lemon juice, water, ginger puree, honey, turmeric, and tahini and salt. That would be absolutely yummy. I love, do you love tahini? I do. Yeah, I love tahini. You can use it as a spread on your bread. But it also, as a dressing, is amazing oh. in salads in every way. So once again, that question is, who is the stone the builders rejectors rejected? Text us in your answer on 0491 and you'll go in the draw for the Revive Cookbook that happens at quarter to nine this morning. Hey, Jaden, where are we going with our news segment today? Please? News segment today? Well, I've actually just been doing a little bit of news uh, looking around in the news, mm-hmm. and I have just seen that the rent in Sydney, or across, actually the rent across the country has now been, it's just so expensive at the moment. Right. It says here, Sydney rents are at record highs, and there's little relief on the way. So, Wow. Medium, median unit rents have jumped 23.6% since last year. Since it, last year? It just This is in Sydney. The 23% since last year. Like not in like five years, it's in the last in year. In the last year yeah. to now $680. So do we have some idea of what the median price of rent is in Sydney? For a unit, we're looking at about $680. Wow. And for a house, we're looking at 720 no way. That's a lot of How money. How can people afford that? It's a lot of money, Danuta. It's it's like, wow. So you can actually see why. What is happening then across the board is that people, and you hear this on the news, on the TV mm. quite regularly, don't we, as well. But um, also um, last week we actually had Rebecca on from ADRA, yeah. the Adventist Development and Relief Aid- Agency. And I remember she was saying that the waiting the waiting list is just thousands. I think it was something like 50, 51 or 57,000 people are on the waiting list in Victoria alone in needing to look for housing. Wow. But also um, that they helped help something like I think it was 280,000 people across Australia. Fantastic. In all of last year. So massive numbers and people are struggling financially. And so, of course, people are moving into like the homes are actually having numerous family members or friends Mm. flooding together just to make the ends meet with rental. It says here, Danuta, um, reporting from the Sydney Morning Herald, as I'm reading from, uh, 
the rent in Sydney is seven hundred and twenty a week for a house. In Melbourne, it's five fifty a week. Brisbane, five ninety. Adelaide, five fifty. Perth, six hundred. Canberra, six fifty five. Darwin, six fifty. Hobart, five thirty. And it combined across the capitals, an average of about six hundred dollars a week. Wow! So wow. all of them are well over five hundred dollars. And the unit would be interesting to see, you know, how much it is, you know, for a, a one-bedroom unit compared to a two-bedroom sure. unit. And you think there's certain, like when you come back to Sydney, there's certain areas that are more expensive than others. So this is just the median across yes, the board. That's it. But what we'd be looking at in some of those more expensive areas, it means that some of those units would be getting up to close to a thousand dollars. In rent a week, which is amazing. I remember that when Rebecca was on last week um, from Address, she was also saying that people, that that landlords, people who are owning their own homes, Mm. are basically renting out caravans to people who are struggling to pay rent elsewhere. And they're actually charging them for using their caravan in the back, in their backyard. So in the owner's backyard, they're charging them $400 no. a week. Wow. So when you think about it, it's not far off from what they're being charged for a house. But here we have it that this financial crisis is pinching everyone mm. so badly and that some people are also pitching tents in the backyards of people because they've got nowhere to go. As a young person, you know, one day looking to break into this this whole market, I'm reminded of the words in Jesus actually, good encouraging words in Jesus. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21, Jesus says, Do not lay, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And I think the good news in all this is despite the fact that things are expensive for a Mm. lot of people and even for me looking to break in one day, it it looks exhausting. But we know that Jesus has said that where our treasure is, there our heart is. So if we can, we can put our uh, treasures and our affections and our and our desires, all that stuff, into the depository of heaven. Yes. And um, and and there's no thieves, or it's not no. going to corrupt. It's not going to perish. It's not like the possessions on this earth. And I think that's really really good. Uh, I, I love what, how you said, yeah, and I love how you said into the depository of heaven. It's just <laughs> yeah. like depositing ourselves into that, you know, in advance. Because when we make our decision for Jesus, we are making that deposit into mm. having basically eternal life, and that is going to be ever, you know, so ever everlasting. We can't even imagine because mm. for us, things have a, an end, you know, in this in That's this it. earth. But what we can, you know, but we what we do know is there's the hope of having that when yes. we put that in. But also it means that when we put our faith in Jesus, there is is hope and blessed assurance Mm. in the way too that the things of this world are temporary, aren't they? And that's what this housing situation also brings out is, hey, things are temporary because things change. And with change, it brings further change and it can bring people into dire straits situations and so things are not constant, but what can be constant, mm-hmm. even under difficult circumstances, even if we feel homeless or even if we feel our home is temporary and not mm. the sort that we want to have, we have constancy in Jesus Christ. That is who and what is constant can be constant, and we can have our anchor in Jesus Christ. And I think and everyone for me, I'll try and keep that keep that keep that heaven reality in a real focus because if we don't ever get our own houses or, or, yes. or, or tick all those boxes like, you know, 
what's considered successful and all that. That's all right because I have a, hand, a mansion waiting for me in heaven. Absolutely. And, you know, our safety and stability are important on this mm-hmm. earth. Of course. Um, but as we've said to here, the thing is that things can be transient, can be changing in all sorts of ways, and therefore let's anchor ourselves mm. in Jesus Christ. Let's have our constancy in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> let's have our hope in eternal life. Let's deposit mm-hmm. ourselves into it. you know into our house in heaven and we're going to be unpacking that about yes, more so Stay keep listening. on listening because after our news segment at uh, after eight o'clock today we have our bible study time and we're going to be looking exactly at that the deposit into heaven mm, because of jesus coming back and he's preparing a place for us so you don't want to miss that segment that we're coming up after our eight o'clock news today you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Jaden, hey, it's come time for our third quiz question today, our third to last one as well before we go into our draw today at quarter to nine. Take it away, please. All right, third question, number three. What name is Hadassah better known by? Mm, that's such, such, such a great story. Again. I love that one. What name is Hadassah better known by? Yes, so text us in your answer on 0491 What name is Hadassah better known by? Text us in on 0491 And you'll go into the draw for the Revive Cafe cookbook number six. You will not regret it. More than around half or a bit more of that of the book is full of recipes that are sweet. Mm. So for those who have a sweet tooth, these are healthy recipes for you um, on sweets and you'll absolutely enjoy them in every way. So text us in your answer on 0491-064-669. Hey, now it's come time for our interview today. Mm. We have none other than Tony Benjamin back with us from Voice of the Martyrs. Hello, Tony. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be with you always. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Tony. And we're really excited you're on again today. We know last time we actually went to Pakistan. And, of course, just some background for those on Voice of the Martyrs. Of course, you help persecutors, Christians around the world, and you support frontline workers sharing the gospel on the world's most difficult mission fields in every kind of way. And Christians facing persecutions are in more than about 60 countries or so. Is that right? That is correct, yes. That is correct. And it's an ever-increasing statistic that, sadly. Yes, sad, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. today we're going to Armenia and to Korea. Is that, that um, where we're going today? And if so, share with us what you have, please. <clears throat> that is correct, yes. I just wanted to touch on something that's very current, but it hasn't really hit the mainstream news yet. When you talk about Armenia and you talk about Christians in Armenia, which is, you know, really sort of surrounded by Muslim countries. Not many people talk about it or know about it. But in Armenia, in uh, a place called Nagora-Karabakh, locally known as Artsakh, there have been about 120,000 Christians living there. And that's sort of been a historical home in Armenia. And um, they um, were living there for centuries. And for those of you that are not aware, Armenia is actually the first Christian country ever. Is that right? What? Yes. That's the yes. first I've heard of that. I'm sure that ours, you know, you know, maybe for many you know. others. So tell us a little bit about that then. How, how so Armenia, Yeah, so Armenia has been declared a Christian nation since the year 301 mm-hmm. BC. So 
uh, AD. So, yeah, so uh-huh. this is, yeah, so um, it's been their traditional home. They're surrounded by all these Muslim countries. And during the First World War, uh, or just before the First World War, during the Ottoman Empire, the Turks really, you know, tried to do some ethnic cleansing with the Armenians. And um, many, many hundreds of thousands of them were killed. And sadly, the world doesn't recognize this genocide as it has with the uh, with the Jews in the Second World War. Mm-hmm. So the Armenians always have a thing about it that saying, "Do you know what? Why the why is this genocide not being recognized, which happened to us so many years ago by the Turks?" So there's a bit of history there that we need to know about. So they've been living in this area that's been partly uh, between Azerbaijan and Armenia, and there's a, co- a food corridor that they have, which is strangely being guarded by Russia. Mm-hmm. And Russia has protected this corridor for them to be able to live peacefully for many, many years. So this is their ancestral home. This is where they choose to live. But Azerbaijan wanted all of that taken over, and with the... Uh, help and with the encouragement of Turkey today, mm-hmm. they started bombing them and have um, basically driven these people out, 120,000 of them approximately, and they've been driven back to Armenia. Now, this is, this. the world should not be accepting this. No, and countries, countries like the U.S. that do business with them, countries like Israel that do business with Azerbaijan, need to be doing something or standing up, but yet this is happening. This is happening today. Wow, even and today. There you go. This is what's just happened a few days ago. So the media is not saying anything about it. The only news media that's putting it out is Christian news media and Al Jazeera. The mainstream Australian media is not saying a word about it. So really. Why do, you, why do you think, Tony, that they're not saying anything about it at the moment? What, what, what are your thoughts in that space? <laughs> Well, the reason why they don't ever say anything about it. Yes. Like for me personally, you know, as a a Christian, I look to find like we have Christian sources of news, you know, but the only media, uh, normal, general, secular media that puts anything out about this is the BBC and Al Jazeera. The other mainstream media don't do anything. If they do, they gloss over it and it's done. It's, you know, year today, gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And the same, the very same thing happened with Afghanistan. Now, we've just been through Afghanistan and Voice of the Martyrs Australia. I mean, we helped more than a thousand high-risk Christians relocate out of Afghanistan. That's besides the other thousands that we helped get out also and support during this difficult time. Mm. It seems as though we're stepping back into a similar scenario now, just just two years later, yes. with Armenia, mm-hmm. which is which is like like what's going on, you know? So it, it's 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 going to put a massive strain on our resources, but we get together with the other uh, Voice of the Martyrs missions around the world. We're getting together next week, and we're going to be discussing what action we take and how we try and support this and try and support these people that are out there because what's really going to happen is similar to what happened in Afghanistan, sadly, where these Armenian people are going to have to be relocated and they're going to be displaced forever. Yes. You know, like, I mean, people want to live where they're born or choose to live, not mm. where they're forced to go. 
Absolutely, so, and stability yeah. and safety are really crucial for people, aren't they? We were talking about that not long just before our last song as yeah. well, that stability and safety are really important for people, and when they're displaced, all of that is taken away. And in many times also the families are actually just separated and um, and, and people don't know where some of their family members are at times too when they're displaced. But Voice of the Martyrs tries to, to, to look at keeping everyone together in every every possible way, don't you? Exactly. First prize is for us to support them where they are, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, it's always very tough when I need to make the decisions of what help we give and what help we don't give for Australia is to say we're going to help them or we're not going to help them. If we don't help them, they're going to die. So really, what choices have we got here? We really need to step in and do what we're meant to do. But the fact that these people have to make a choice like that is very mm-hmm. sad. And the world's sitting by just idly doing nothing. Yes, Yes. That's, yeah. that's just crazy, man. And, you know, when we look at y- human needs, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, exactly what you said, safety and a roof over here, those are the, the most basic needs that people have got. Ba- the basic needs. And, and I guess, yeah. you know, I remember last time you said too, um, Tony, is that even though um, and, and there's all this displacement happening, which is so, so unfortunate, that really – at the same time, what is happening where people are being persecuted, you're finding that um, people, it's drawing people closer to God rather than further. Is that, that what you're finding here too with the Armenians? That's very, very true, but at what a cost, eh, really? I mean, uh, absolutely, you know, at, what at what a, a cost. cost. I mean, human life and, you know, all of the things that go with it, the trauma and so on and so on. And, um, yeah, so, so you know, this is, you know, my request to people that are hearing this uh, this interview is just to continue to pray for them and mm. let's, you know, let's trust that the world wakes up enough to have a, a good lasting solution for them and not just another displacement uh, uh, statistic that they got, you know, yes. um, which will be very sad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what provisions do you actually do when you, when you actually, um, you know, they're, they're displaced and you help them to actually go to a safer place? What kind of provisions do you get, uh, provide in that space? Well, <clears throat> Some things I can't talk about for legal reasons, but for sure. let me just give you the general. We would firstly uh, try to get them to a place of safety, and then we would look at their basic needs, as you said, food and shelter, mm-hmm. um, and a manner to continually get food and get some support. Uh, many of them have got children, so we need medical supplies. We need kids. We need women's toiletries. We need all these basic things. Uh, wherever they are, and then uh, go from there. That's the first thing we really need to take care of, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, thereafter, all of the rest of the things just become a bit of a blur as we try and figure out or try to project where this is going, what their future needs are going to look like, and what action we need to take in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, for us in Australia, we will then set up a campaign, create awareness, and ask people to support it financially so we can do this. We don't have buckets of money sitting there. We need, we rely on the help and the support of the Australian Christian public, you know. Mm. So we need to raise awareness and then we would need to commit an amount of funds and then we've got people on the ground helping and uh, some of the other Voice of the Martyrs missions will partner with us in that Mm -hmm. uh, who may be closer in location and be able to help us and give us on the ground information as to what's happening, what's going on, what the latest is. We've got a person based in the Middle East that we can get there quickly and that can help and can assist. And then we work with other organizations 
to step in and uh, help get resources. Many times we get resources from other countries that are not even connected with us. Wow. Like countries like Israel, uh, mm-hmm. countries like um, the U.S., uh, or Canada, or Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, because of the connections and the contacts that we have. Uh, and they'll say, look, do you guys need this? Pay for the freight, we'll supply the you know, a container of medical supplies, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a massive operation, and it does demand a lot of you, but we can't sit, sit idly by and do nothing. We have to step in and help. Absolutely agree. And I love the fact that you're saying that there are other, other countries, though, that aren't part of your program but actually are willing to step in and help as well, which is which is fabulous. And I'm looking here also on your website, Voice of the Martyrs, um, you know, because um, prayers, for those of us here in Australia, prayers are really crucial and important. But like you mentioned, to help to donate would be really helpful as well. Is is that the case? I notice here there's like a donate button, but how can yep. people actually help? What are the, what are the different can, ways that people can yeah. help out? Look, people can just give to our um, Family of Martyrs program that we got there or, or campaign that we got there, and that is probably our broadest campaign that we got and that we offer the most amount of help with and the largest request that we get from the field too. Mm-hmm. So we will we now sort of getting some action plan together at the moment as we speak, and we're going to step in and help. That's, whichever way we can, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. So the program here is actually called Family of Martyrs on your website, is that right? Yep, that's so, a campaign. If they don't like to that, um, we will, through that fund and through some of the other funds, we'll distribute funds uh, to meet their most basic needs, yeah. Oh, that's that's absolutely fantastic and so crucial because everyone can actually help in different ways. Okay, we have a couple of minutes left. Anything else, um, particularly um, Tony, that you're you're keen to share with us before we? Yeah, you know, with everything, and I said I wanted to talk about Korea, but our work in Korea spills over into our work in China because it's adjacent countries. So we recently had one of our Chinese field workers here, and, you know, the interesting thing that he said to me, and he said to me, you know, you guys have got bigger problems than we have. Mm -hmm. And this guy leads one and a half million Christians in China for us. Wow. And he said to me, you know what, we will ensure that we pray for you because you guys have got real challenges here. Now, this is a country where Christianity is outlawed. They they practice their faith. They have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of salvations every year. Yes. It's expanding faster than Christianity is expanding faster than they can cope with and put leaders in place. They're demanding more information on discipleship programs. They're requesting more Bibles. Their faith is just progressing and... You know, the Christianity is growing and it's thriving and it's flourishing in in probably one of the most next to North Korea restricted countries in the world. And they praying for us. And that was an eye opener for me in saying to Christians in the free world like Australia and saying, you know what, guys, these people recognize the dangers we face. We can't be complacent in being sucked in by all of this worldly uh, surroundings and trappings that we have as Christians, uh, whether it's social media, whether it's uh, designer brands, call it whatever you have, mm. you know, sucked into the television and what the media is telling us and all of that. Mm-hmm. These people 
apply, practice, and um, renew their faith so regularly, way more than we could ever imagine or way more than we even apply it ourselves. Mm. And that is why they're seeing the results they are. That is why they're having the relationship with Christ that they have. That is why faith is growing. That's why the influence is growing. And that's why the pressure is also increasing. Yes. Because they applying exactly what God's word says and they seeing the fruits of that in their lives. And it would be so great if we take on those examples of faith application, of dedication to the word and, and so on and so on and so on. And that's the, that's the message I'd like to give today is with all of what I've shared and everything else that we know of that's going on around us, we really need to knuckle down. And, and focus on what's important. Yes, beautiful. Love what you're saying there, Tony, in every way. Knuckle down and go for what's important. And Jesus, you know, is our key with that. But let's pray for the voice of the martyrs. You're doing, you and your team, Tony, thank you again. You're doing a marvelous, marvelous work. And we'll keep thank praying you. for those in Armenia, especially. Go to the website as well and you're able to donate. Thank you so much, Tony. We'll catch you again next time as well. Right now. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.